From across time and space and throughout the multiverse, listen as two generations of comic book readers come together to discuss a single character or event that shaped pop culture as we know it. Let Your Geek Side Show presents Then and Now with Susan and Kitty. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Susan. And I'm Kitty. And today we are suiting up to talk about a superhero who has made quite a mark on film in the last decade. I think he's made like 50 marks. <laughs> I Yeah. Isn't he? Didn't he peak at 50? I think so. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll get into that later. He's a genius billionaire playboy philanthropist. And when you take off the suit, he's one of the biggest stars in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Through 10 years of Marvel milestones, this is MCU Iron Man then and now. <laughs> we have to be specific because um, May 2nd was a huge day for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that was that marked the day that the first Iron Man film was released. And 10 years ago, that's 10 years ago. That's a huge it's a huge like milestone for Marvel in general, but the MCU specifically. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to talk about specifically Iron Man in the movies because it's such a different monster than Iron Man in the comics. And yeah. obviously we would love to address that at some point and <laughs> have a separate podcast. But for this one, it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe Iron Man. Yeah. And and while we talk about that, we will talk a little bit about how how the cinematic universe has evolved to include more storylines for these characters and more interactions and stuff because yeah. you can't really talk about the film that launched the MCU without then talking about the 10 years that followed. Absolutely. And I would also say that um, you can't talk about the MCU without talking about a few characters and storylines that inspired it in, from the comics because, you know, you talk about Marvel and we're talking about what, 60 years-ish, 70 years? I don't remember. Of comics? Of comics. Oh, over 70. Over 70. Because, um, you, you know, this the MCU wouldn't have happened without that content in general. So, yeah. But I, I, I want to point out that, like, how cool is it that there are 10 years of Marvel movies? I know. Like, there's enough that we can talk then and now <laughs> and the evolution of a character only in film that originated in comic books. That, oh my God, it's incredible. And and the one thing I always kick myself about is I wish I could go back in time and tell myself, hey, when you see Iron Man opening weekend, pay a little more attention because you're going to be here for the next 10 years and beyond. I just remember, because <laughs> I'm going to be honest, Iron Man was never a character that I liked. <laughs> to, 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 to put it very, very bluntly, you know, I, I went and saw the movie mostly because I was like, are they going to pull this off? And I remember leaving that theater just being like, holy moly, they did. I actually said an <laughs> expletive, but this is an this all- is a family friendly podcast. I was like, podcast. this is an all ages podcast. <laughs> um, but what I mean is like, I, um, Iron Man to me at best was like, you know, part of a team. I, I know that he had obviously his own comics throughout the years Mm -hmm. but i personally never thought of him as like a main character and especially not one that could like open a blockbuster movie like during that movie still holds up oh my god that movie's still amazing leading up to infinity war um i did like not an not a full because there's like 18 (laughs) other movies. But um, I did as best that I could, but I did want to start with Iron Man. Mm -hmm. Because when you're talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you have to start with Iron Man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that movie's still relevant, and it still holds up. And it's crazy to to sit there and watch Tony Stark, because 
he's almost like a different character. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting with all the different media that Marvel has put out and the longer form shows and the the movies, how how quickly and also not quickly because they've had 10 years, they they have to do these character developments and and changes because you only see them you, like the Avengers, you only see them for two hours at a time in yeah. whatever film they're mm-hmm. appearing in. And so it's it's fascinating to watch how the films have taken these gargantuan, like the storylines from Marvel that people recognize or or at least adaptations of them and then progressed the film characters through those Absolutely. stories. It's I mean, it's so cool. I mean, I'm sure we're going to touch on other characters besides just oh, Iron absolutely. Man because this while we're labeling it Iron Man, there's just <laughs> so many other characters. But like for me, we're talking then, right? I'm, I'm always, mm-hmm. I'm always the the beginning, um, <laughs> because we don't want to talk about how old Kitty actually was when <laughs> Iron Man I came mean, out. I mean, I could date myself. No, I, we no? don't date okay. ourselves on the podcast <laughs> because then I have to. Um, <clears throat> I was a wee thing when I saw the film. <laughs> I, I, I just, I'm still in awe of what they did. This this film where they they somehow hit a bullseye on the first try with. Robert Downey Jr. having this amazingly deep and memorable and emotional performance oh, as, yeah. as Tony Stark. He really took Tony Stark to a different level. Um, he brought him to life in a way that 60 years of comics didn't or hadn't, to me anyway. Um, I never was able to to see the emotional weight of things that Tony went through mm. the way that I have in the past 10 years. So when he starts... He's making weapons and he doesn't see the consequences of that because he sees the like he sees himself as like what other people see. He's almost become Tony Stark in the beginning was almost the caricature of himself. He was what everybody else thought he should be Mm -hmm. instead of who he really is. Mm -hmm. And that is such a such a reversal of what you normally see. Like you normally see a character build up. And then fall down. And Mm -hmm. Tony, when you meet him, he's like at peak Tony Stark at the beginning of that first Iron Man film. Um, Stark Industries is thriving. And he has a partner who at the time was a good idea to be his partner. (laughs) Um, But it's just it's so crazy to watch a character start as like an archetype and become a real person. Well, I'm I'm always a fan of in comics and movies watching the hero get taken down a few pegs because if if you're and especially with Tony Stark at the at the start of these films he's not the person you want to have saving your butt no he's the opposite of the person he only cares about himself and so knocking them down and and kind of forcing them to confront their own flaws whether or not they can overcome those how do they how do they evolve and grow past those and and i i just love those stories where you kind of challenge whether or not this person is the hero and and Iron Man does that right from the get-go. Yeah. And you know what what's funny is we're we're looking at the Iron Man first but also the big 3. Thor does that too. Oh, absolutely. Um and then Captain America also does that, but in a different in way a, than the other two cuz yeah. like Thor has to earn earn his place every day with, right. because of the spell that Odin put on his powers at first. Mm-hmm. Um Thor, we should do a MCU then and now <laughs> Thor because they're very his evolution's great too, um, and then Cap, you see him as the person who's at the bottom yeah. and his rise to the top versus Tony Stark. So because so, you don't want to see a guy like Cap get taken down. No, because like what what 
Civil War is such an important movie, even though it's a cap, it's labeled a Captain America movie, because that to me is the point where you, you, Tony and Cap are in the middle. That's where they have to meet head to head. Yeah, and because t- uh, Tony has started from the top and brought himself down, while Cap has built himself up. Yeah, and I and I think that film especially shows like a really great point in Tony's evolution of as a character in vulnerability. In after all the results of of like Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. which is was kind of the most salient film preceding that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and in just, that one, if you watch Tony, he's kind of almost uh, regressed back into his arrogant Tony ways. Yeah, and so when we get to Civil War, you see he has kind of burst the bubble of his own egotism, and we get to see more guilt on the character influencing his choices and and leading into this iconic comic storyline. And so it's interesting to see that he is at the point where he goes, okay, I thought the bubble was too big to burst, but here I am and I have to I have to figure out what I believe in and how my actions are going to affect more people because for so much of for so much of the beginning films of him, he's like, look how cool I am and look what I can make and isn't it great and there's no consequences. He goes from I am Iron Man, like at the end to we need to be put in check. Mm-hmm. Like those those two lines specifically and and having Robert Downey Jr. play them again, stroke of genius Ugh. on the producers. Lightning and, in a bottle. Yeah, <laughs> li- yeah, lightning in a bottle, absolutely. Um, the, if you just put those lines up next to each other, it's the arrogance versus the humility because mm-hmm. that's Tony Stark admitting that, that you know, when he says we need to be put in check, it's like, I don't have all the power. I can't do everything. Mm-hmm. We we need we need more than just us. Like like you just said, like the bubble got so big and but it just burst. Yeah. And and for a character like that, I think to to realize that he like he is he is a genius. Mm-hmm. Like he is fantastic. He's got all these he's got the smarts and the ability and the technology to make these things happen, but then to realize like, hey, that's not enough. Mm-hmm. That's not going to win the day every time. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. And oh, Civil War, he got some really cool, deeper, more personal moments Absolutely. in that one as well. Um, well, it advanced his story so much, but I want to take it back a couple steps to um, to the first Avengers movie mm-hmm. and the way he meets all the different characters oh. and how <laughs> the first time he meets Thor specifically, um, they go into like a godlike state of fighting that Cap has to break up. Mm-hmm. So as I I mean, Kitty's known around, around the nerd culture uh, <laughs> that she's a huge Thor fan. So I just wanted to, to kind of pick your brain about that type of that interaction between Tony and Thor two characters that are seemingly very similar. They come from privilege. They're taken mm-hmm. down. And then what? Like, I just, I'm just curious as to your thoughts on the Tony Thor dynamic and Thor's place within the Avengers. Well, I, first of all, Shakespeare in the park. Fantastic. Doth, <laughs> doth mother know you weareth her drapes. But I, like, uh, and that's just the, the fact that Tony Stark can, can confront. And this was the first time a lot of these characters also encountered Thor mm-hmm. to be so irreverent in the face of, of a God. <laughs> I you know that's a great question. I just think I think it's it's fun to see that especially when Cap has to get in the mix that these kind of titans of Marvel can hold their own against each other. Um but that's the thing is that Tony shouldn't be able to. Thor's right. an actual god. Right. 
So Thor had also just spent a whole movie trying to learn humility, but when his brother <laughs> jumps in the mix, a lot of that flies out the window. I mean, I think triggered. I think if the fight had gone long enough, I mean, it was <laughs> say it, it <laughs> say it. Thor would have won. Um, <laughs> It, it was very nice that uh, his Iron Man armor could absorb some of the shock of Thor's lightning, but... That was, I thought, a really cool, unexpected use of the, like, to show how the technology, like, how how well Tony's tech works. Because as much as, as, much as I love Thor, how fun would it have been had Thor destroyed the people he was supposed to save the day with? Right. He didn't know it at the time, and he just thought they were enemies, but... but there has to be checks and balances for all these characters. Absolutely. And to to take that like a step further, we as the audience have to know that uh, that Tony Stark's, while his technology is of Earth, it could be useful against otherworldly creatures. And oh, so absolutely. that was a great, again, point in, in our uh, audience just like visualizing oh, this is a god who controls thunder and lightning and, oh, like Iron Man can still hold up against him. That's that's, hmm, interesting. (laughs) It is. And and it's almost like the whole cinematic universe is connected and there's greater points they're leading to. I know. Oh, my gosh. uh, But on the subject of technology, I mean, we can't talk about Iron Man and 10 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe without talking about how many Iron Man suits. I mean, we don't have to name, obviously, any or all of them, but <laughs> uh, it, like it began with with the Marvel Visual Development team and, oh my and gosh. just the fact that that with Iron Monger and the, then the prototype armor and Mark's one, two, three. If there was any visual way to show Tony Stark's genius, like they did it they nailed on the head how like putting making that arc reactor inside a cave and putting it inside that prototype arm the mark 1 mm-hmm. as it come like came to be called but like that is how you show that this character is more than his money and more than his privilege and more than his ego it's like no he has the smarts to back it up he took an arc reactor that's this huge thing in a plant Mm-hmm. And he made it so it fits in his pocket. Yeah, and and one I think one of the greater Marvel spectacles on the screen is just all the different Iron Man armors. I mean, there's so many, and yet they manage to keep them all so unique. And then there's the house party protocol where it all just goes out the window. Like, you want a green one? Sure, here's a green one, and here's yeah. the one that looks like a giant like Igor. Well, the, the, yeah, Igor. <laughs> As you say, and then they introduced the Hulkbuster, which mm-hmm. was which was Veronica. Veronica. Oh, I love that that reference. I loved but, it too. It was so good. And I and uh, I just think it's such a testament to the the development team and the and the digital artists and everyone who works on those films. Just the amazing all the way up through the like the bleeding edge inspired mm-hmm. stuff that we just just got. Like it's so so cool. And I and I think the Hulkbuster in Age of Ultron if we can jump to that storyline oh, yeah, I think that's kind of between the first Avengers and then even though Civil War was a cap film, I think Age of Ultron was kind of a turning point where it was tipping the scales towards what ended up happening in Civil War oh, with the sh- for sure because there was tech 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 even like, you know, Ultron <laughs> Ultron is tech yeah. that is, has gone bad, you know? And at this point, we're really starting to see, as we see the damages come off of the first Avengers film and stuff, we're seeing people turn their frustrations towards Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Because 
as such an icon of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like, of course, his face is one of the more recognizable in, in world and in Absolutely. the real world. But to have, like, Wanda and Pietro and to have a vendetta and the people of Sokovia to react in fear when they see the Iron Legion and, mm-hmm. and just the ideas that even though he is this genius, like th- there's repercussions to his work. I want to put that in direct contrast to a character. Like I know that you're the now and I'm the then, but <laughs> we um, can cross over. But yeah, we're crossing over right now because when you, I cannot help but think when you talk about like the people of Sokovia, fear of the Iron Legion with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> and to have him mentor like oh. the young Peter Parker and Spider-Man and to have him teach Peter Parker like and have those those moments where like if you if you are nothing without the suit, then you're not worthy of it. Tony would not have learned that without the events of Age of Ultron because say what you want about like the structure of that movie. But when you are isolating Tony's storyline and you're taking the Iron Legion and you're taking Ultron and mm-hmm. you're taking Jarvis and you're taking the creation of the vision, mm-hmm. you have so many different beats that happen in that movie that lead Tony to humility because he, what does he want? Like he and Bruce are talking about like in that movie, they're talking about the next level, mm-hmm. right? And that's like, <laughs> like Bruce is trying to talk him down oh, through yeah. most of that film. Oh yeah. And so Tony's just like getting up, getting up, getting up, getting up. And then like, what's, what's going to break him. And this is what, this is what happens. And I think even before that, there's moments of, uh, even in the cave, he didn't have this, uh, he didn't have a suit when he entered that cave. Mm-hmm. And, and even in the Avengers, when it's like, want to go round to round like put on the suit or like what are you without the suit Mm -hmm. and so i think i think tying that in with spider-man homecoming was such a cool evolution to have him as a character say hey like if you can't do the heroic things without this piece of equipment like yeah you don't know that was the really verbose way of saying exactly what tony said but just such a great moment for him as a character and i think it's such a such a privilege honestly that the marvel movies have evolved so much from that first Iron Man that we got Spider-Man Homecoming and yeah. no spoilers, but to see his dynamic with some of the characters in Infinity War. Yeah. Namely and your friend, Doctor Strange. Oh my God, that was... Um, <laughs> We've, it's, it's just, they've evolved so much to incorporate these other characters who can I play call, off of him. I, I'm going to just do this thing where um, <laughs> I'm just going to ignore the then, then and now lines, but um, we talked about Thor being one of your favorite characters Mm -hmm. and Doctor Strange is one of my favorite characters and Tony Stark has such very different introductions to the two of them like with (laughs) Thor he's like muscles and attack and like tech well tech versus muscles essentially Mm -hmm. and then Doctor Strange has like no fear of Tony whatsoever he comes to get Tony this is all in the trailer so if you haven't seen the movie like uh, (laughs) hopefully you have by now since it made a billion dollars in 11 days but um (laughs) If you have not, we will not spoil things for you. I will just say that the intro of Doctor Strange to Tony Stark is kind of one of the best things ever because he does not give a darn (laughs) about... Family friendly. (laughs) Yes. Family friendly about anything that Tony is. He's just like, I need your help. And Tony's like, what is your problem, essentially? And it takes 
him seeing a familiar face in order for him to actually listen to Strange. And both those characters aren't used to that. Doctor Strange is is used to everyone listening to him, as is Tony Stark. <laughs> well, and I and I think that speaks again to where the Marvel Cinematic Universe has evolved so much that we can start to get more of these different personality types and add a, add a diversity to the roster. So yeah, we can throw in another ego type guy because mm-hmm. even in the comics, Tony and and Doctor Strange have that <laughs> ego and facial hair going on. That's just so it's much their so dynamic. Funny to me. <laughs> um, but I still love. Regardless of throughout all these different films, just kind of, kind of that that smarm that Tony meets every challenge, most challenges with with the nicknames and the funny like, yeah, well, I'm Iron Man, kind of yeah. like, Earth is closed today, <laughs> or even like going back to the Avengers when it's like clench up Legolas, yeah, and like blah blah blah. Point and break. Point break. I, strongest that, Avenger. Oh, that was one of my favorite, favorite moments in Ragnarok when like they're trying <laughs> they're trying to get the, the ship to turn on and um just, obviously strongest Avenger. Yeah, obviously strongest <laughs> and Thor has to like t- goes, damn it, Stark, point break. <laughs> <laughs> and then the ship just starts up. Yeah, because he's he's got such a rapport with these characters by that and point. I would like to point out that Tony Stark is not even in for Ragnarok yet he is but his wardrobe is his wardrobe is his tech is um, his personality is there's not a movie that you can't see that you can't see his mark on like you this after credit scenes and yeah the Marvel Cinematic Universe started with Tony yeah it started with simple as that yeah it was their benchmark film it was is that what I'm trying to say I don't know what I'm trying to say It, it was like the film that it was their jumping off point. If Iron Man had failed back in 2008, we wouldn't have seen our favorites on screen. I mean, Marvel Marvel Studios now looking back on 10 years almost feels a little bit like Tony. They started not literally, but in a cave with this one piece of equipment. They that, put all their like eggs in that basket. Yes. And they it's like one shot. Will it fly? And 10 years later, 19 movies with 19, Infinity War, yeah, 19 with, films later. It's like, oh my God. I <laughs> like, can't. It was funny when uh, Doctor Strange came out, I actually like had this weird crying moment before <laughs> I'm sitting in the theater before the movie started. And I just started crying because I could not believe that I, because he's such a weird character, and how was <laughs> how would this film have ever been funded mm-hmm. if Iron Man hadn't been successful? It never yeah. would have been funded. It's uh, it's just it's mind blowing to look back on ten years. Yeah, yeah. MCU Iron Man is so wholly integrated into every inch of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, e- even yeah, just there the, was the farthest reaches, and I, there's just this point in Civil War when. Uh, you know, Rhodey falls and um, it was kind of a crazy moment because you just go, oh my gosh, this is the same day that Dr. Strange got into his car accident. <laughs> and and it's a, it's a crazy, crazy thing to think about, but that's how integrated these films are. And you can't have an MCU without Tony Stark. No, not in the least. So... If MCU fans are looking for are looking to follow the evolution of Iron Man across the decades, <laughs> decade, a, a, decade. a decade, hopefully more. Um, <laughs> what are some of your favorites? Like, like we always give a list at the end of like Ugh. you know comics to pick up. Ob- obviously, your guys' list is just rewatch all the Marvel Cinematic. Yeah. But 
rewatch the first Iron Man. Do yourself a favor and rewatch the first Iron Man. And just think about how nothing else was nothing else was the context for that film. Like it happened and it and look where it is now. I mean, I love uh, his his role in Homecoming. I think that was such that's that was a stroke of genius right there. And and I know uh, people have people have opinions about every Marvel movie, but. For the most part, I really liked Iron Man 2 for things that it introduced. That's funny because for like how the, <laughs> people have opinions about uh, MCU movies, but I enjoyed Iron Man 3. Yeah, I think I think for things that it introduced, some some of its concepts don't quite get off the ground. But like, God, I, I would love-, love to see Sam Rockwell back. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And, and um, they did that. That funny Marvel needs to bring back those shorts, yeah. like those because they did the the one for the Mandarin. Yeah, um, Hail to the King, mm-hmm. and 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 so the things whether or not everyone loves every part of every movie, there's such a wealth of material to yeah. be used, and I'm and, I love Sir, please exit the donut. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's um there's like a take it take what take what you like and leave the rest kind of policy with it yeah. because even I know a lot of people have opinions about Age of Ultron but there's a lot of good in there in spite of what others say so I would if you're looking for beats in Tony's MCU life you you, you can't skip Age of Ultron because no. The failure of Ultron affected Tony in ways moving forward that and it affected so many characters yeah. in that film mm-hmm so, and make sure you see Infinity War. I mean, like yeah. if you haven't already, please. Yeah, if you're like the one person listening to this who haven't seen Infinity please War. Please stay to the end of our podcast and then get thine self to a theater. <laughs> oh my gosh, she just spoke like Thor. I can't believe it's she did Shakespeare that. in the park. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was like, I should say a Doctor Strange line, except that most of his lines are inappropriate for this podcast. So um <laughs> We believe that Iron Man still has a lot more of a role to play in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but we won't see what's next to him, next for him, until in Avengers Four arrives in 2019. That's a long but, way off. I know. <laughs> I really wanted them to do like a Cloverfield thing and just drop the movie like the next week. <laughs> like, how cool would that have been? Or they, after the credits? Or after the credits? <laughs> just the fourth one starts? Huh? Yeah. yeah. I think everyone would have stayed in the theater for that. I think so too. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Iron Man, Then and Now. This has been Then and Now. For more ad-free pop culture news and content, visit geeksideshow.com. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to let your geek side show.